Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. All right. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Nicole Saunders. Nicole, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. You just keep coming back. So I appreciate that. It's a lot of fun. I do. I enjoy our conversations, Chris. I think they're insightful. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do too. And that's why we keep doing this. And we think it's important uh, for our audiences to to kind of, you know, listen to some seasoned veterans, I guess. Right. So yeah. Um, at least look, people keep coming, so we'll keep doing this. And uh, today's topic is, and, and you tell me if I get this right, is kind of embedding community uh, and, and people maybe uh, inside different parts of the organization. And and yeah. you had a way better uh, thought there. And uh, like, maybe you kick it off, you know, because you're, you said it way better than I could. Well, you know, I think the thing that you and I have been chatting about a bit lately, and this is I think it's a common theme whenever I go out and and speak or share my thoughts on community management. It all comes back to that, how you're tying community to the business, right? But really specifically, the thing that's been on my mind lately is how the teams are structured. The industry's gone through a lot of change. We've seen some layoffs. We've seen some contractions. Um, At the same time, we have seen some investment in community programs because businesses are seeing it as a way that they can scale things in a cost-effective way. And so even as teams are shrinking, we're still seeing good support and investment in community. And so what does that mean, right? Is that just everybody doing more with less to some extent? Yeah, probably a little bit. But really what struck me is that decentralization of the community team. And um, the State of Community Management Report from the Community Roundtable came out recently. And one of the things I thought was really interesting, they were kind of talking about this decentralization right? And really what that means is in the past or sort of historically, and even the way that I was thinking about things until somewhat recently was that like all of the community team should sit on one team, right? And build up under one community head and they own everything that the company considers community. And one that doesn't scale super well because most community teams can't be like Salesforce and have, you know, dozens of people. And even even they probably complain that they don't have enough people. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, right? Because community is just like this infinitely growing thing everywhere. Um, And two, there are so many things that are community that you can't have one team own all of it across the entire business. And so what we're starting to see and the model that I'm starting to follow is having the community team become that center of excellence where you're training people on other teams, you're building out resources, you're setting sort of overall strategy and policy and governance, but you're training people on other teams to help with community functions. And we're even going so far as starting to embed community roles on other teams. We have a a new role that is coming up on our product operations team. So they're just going to sit within the product org and community now sits on the customer marketing team. So a totally different part of the business. Um, but they're going to be the community product feedback specialist. And so that person's job is going to be to work in our community, work with the customer feedback, get it into the product org, and then sort of do the same and close that conversation loop of bringing that back out to the community. And there's a debate of if that person should sit on my team and be cross-functional to product or sit on the product team and be cross-functional to us. And at first I was nervous to let this role live under someone else. Um, I love that manager. Don't get me wrong. She's amazing. 
Um, but it was sort of like, oh, I don't know about how I feel about community functions not being directly under my purview, but I've come full circle on that and realized how great it is that the rest of the business is starting to see community as integral enough, as integrated enough that we actually want community roles in other teams that have a strong dotted line to me, right? Like this person yeah. will probably come to my team meetings and be heavily working with us, but embedded in that part of the business. And so we can dig into that a little bit, but also running parallel to that is talking about how do you align your community really truly to the business? Yeah. Um, and you and I were chatting a bit about like attribution metrics, right? And how we show financial impact. And one of the, the things that you and I have both done is gone to our marketing teams and said, well, how do you guys measure stuff? Mm-hmm. How do you do attribution? How do I get a line item in that report? Or how do I include community in that dashboard rather than being an outlier that is reported on and measured differently? That's right. Putting things in the terms that your company leaders are already looking at it. And so it's not like community is this weird thing off to the side that nobody gets, but rather it's really seen as just another part of the business. And that's not to downplay the importance of it. Um, But I think over the years, as community has evolved, we have tended to be this sort of silo, this outlier, this group where it's a question of where we should sit. And I feel like we've sort of hit a turning point in the last couple of years where we're starting to be a more common part of the business, be more aligned to it. And I think it's the smartest thing you can do because an outlier is an easy thing to cut out or to push off to the side or to deprioritize, but something that's really integrated into all of these programs you can't deprioritize that. And I love you're going to look at it the same way as everybody else looks at. It. And I've got so many thoughts going in my head, but I want yeah, to try go. To keep I it. just said a whole bunch of things. <laughs> you did. And, and so, but as I was kind of thinking about it, like I was going to get off into, you know, the metrics and marketing or whatever, but I, I want to kind of go back to what you said uh, about, Hey, you're looking at a role that uh, is in the product operation team that mm-hmm. will report into the product operations. But it's kind of a community minded person. So yeah. what I want you to do is walk through kind of your thinking around what is that person going to do from as far as you know, and how are they going to work with you and the team? Because I think, you know, for you to say that's awesome. And I want to hear it because it sounds awesome, but I want to get an understanding of what that means to you and, you know, kind of their role, what they're doing, how they work with you and the team and things mm-hmm. like that, because I want to make this real. Right. Yeah. You know, because it is real. And I want to understand that because I think that's that's really, really cool that you're doing that. Well, so the first thing, I mean, you got to start at the conception of the role. Right. And one of the things that we've known for a long time is that the community is a great place to get feedback from our customers. But it's mm-hmm. challenging. Every company I know that does product feedback in a discussion forum struggles with how do I take these thousands of pieces of feedback I'm getting and put it into a format that makes sense to my product teams and then get them to actually put some of that into the roadmap and then come back to the community and say, Hey, so these 27 requests over here, we're building something to solve for all of those problems. It's not any one of those solutions, but it's this thing that's going to encompass all of these, right? Like that's a very hard communication loop. And we've been trying to do it as sort of like parts of people's roles. And we realized We needed somebody who could be fully focused on this, who could really understand the customer needs and who could really understand what was going on in the product org, not just getting a quarterly roadmap update and then going and updating. Yes, this is on the roadmap. No, this isn't, but actually (laughs) synthesizing and sort of facilitating and moderating that conversation at large across those two groups. 
And so when the product operations team and I sat down and said, okay, we're going to get a headcount. Where should they sit? And at first I was like, well, I want them on my team because I want control over everything in the community. And I think that that's where a lot of this comes from is like, we don't trust everybody else to do things in a community minded way, but that's what enablement's all about. And that's what being a center of excellence is all about is helping other people to get there and be able to do it. And so the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, we've been trying to solve this problem from seats on my team for a long time. Yeah. And the thing that has been missing is that we aren't in all of the product all hands and the roadmap meetings and those discussions. And frankly, like we don't have time to be. Nope. And so I realized like the value is going to be, it would be easier to take somebody who's in all of those product meetings and talk to them about how to bring that information back to the community, facilitate that conversation, than take someone who's just sitting in the community and be like, okay, here's 150 people you need to go have a relationship with, go build that out and and figure (laughs) out how to communicate and get into all of their meetings. Um, And so we decided it would sit on the product org, but that it would be a very tight collaboration. And then as we wrote the job description, I made sure that it included things like, you know, required experience in a community as well as experience with product development. And so I was part of writing that job description. I helped source candidates, you know, I promoted it out to the community networks. Um, and we did end up hiring somebody that's got a strong community background, but now is going to be able to really build out a product operations skill set. And so I think that that's going to be a really amazing fit in terms of those kinds of things. Um, and this, this role hasn't started yet. Um, so we'll see what the day-to-day looks like, but what I'm imagining is that, uh, their onboarding is going to be a lot of like introduction to the community introduction to the product, understanding the processes, because it's an operational role, um, yes. they're going to need to understand, okay, what is the processes today? How do we do this today? And then identifying where is that working well? Where is it not working well? What's failing? And then starting to problem solve for whatever those gaps or challenges are. Um, I think the, the trickiest thing we were talking a lot about putting out the onboarding materials this week And one of the things we had to really get aligned with is like, we need to be objective in this. We need to not have this person come in and be like, okay, here's everything that we see that's wrong, but rather give them the opportunity to come in and see it with clear eyes and start identifying things and not bringing along the baggage of like, well, we asked about that solution five years ago and someone said no. So clearly we can't do that. Right. Right. Well, that's five years ago. It was a different company back then. Um, And so, you know, I'm imagining this person's going to spend probably 50-50 time between my team and the product operations team. Some weeks that may vary. If we're in a heavy development cycle, they might spend yeah. more time hanging out with the product org. Um, if we're starting to deliver a bunch of stuff, they might be spending more time in the community, communicating all of that out. And so it's an experiment. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I'm really excited about it. And I, I love this idea of having community-minded people in other teams because- yep. They can represent us in rooms that we're not in, in meetings that we're not in. They can bring insights from other parts of the business back to us, and we can use that to inform things. And so I really see my team, like I said, as that center of excellence, that super cross-functional team that is taking in inputs and then doing trainings and enablements and creating resources and creating processes and bringing more and more people into the community. And ultimately, that's what you want. You want it threaded throughout the business. That's what makes it valuable to users. That's what makes it valuable to the company. And that's honestly, at the end of the day, what, what makes it work effectively. Yeah. What I liked about 
that is, I mean, you mentioned this earlier is, you know, when there's a, there's an idea that a customer wants to put out there. Right. And you can imagine one is all the ideas that you build this ideation kind of thing platform and let customers put in their ideas. The, the biggest opportunity is, is how do those ideas kind of funnel to product and then how does product go back in to answer those things and then are we going to do this idea are we not going to do this idea or enhancement or whatever and 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 so i definitely and, and it's like sometimes community should own that but then when it does then we're not really close to the business or to the product teams to really kind of drive that you know i've even had that problem right like it's like well we could put this on the community but i still need somebody from product to manage this and whatever but it doesn't work. Like what we've done now, I mean, I'm sure there's some companies that have done some things that really does work, you know, but right now there's an, even at my company and past company used to, somebody would put an idea out there and it would just go into a black hole. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and nobody would manage that. So I like this and I know they're going to do more than just ideas, but I like how you're thinking. And I think it's, you got to think different because what's been what we've been doing over the last 10 years hasn't worked. <laughs> you know, well, what I mean? so and this is the thing, you know, in this for that particular team, right? Right. So, I mean, product is always product feedback is always going to be a challenge, right? It's always it's always going to be a little bit bigger than any one person can manage. And that's, that's the right. thing is I'm also not pretending this person is like the silver bullet solution for this problem. Yeah. It's just the person that will focus on helping us figure yeah. out on how to solve that problem. Um but you know, I think it's it's really key to have those inputs from all of those different parts of the business and be bringing it together. It's going to be interesting to see how it works. And, you know, I'll come back and, and let you know what the result yeah. is. But I think it's also like as teams are being a little bit leaner and a little bit tighter, you know, there are some things that maybe you don't need an FTE to run, yeah. but maybe you need half of someone's time. And That's right. could that half of someone's time be someone that already exists on another team where you're sort of doing like role sharing or something like that. And at the end of the day, I just think it's better. I think that you get more diverse inputs into the community strategy and you get more parts of the business that are hearing about community on a regular basis because someone on their team is talking to them about community and is working in the community space. And the whole idea of the community is it's supposed to be everybody, right? It's not just the community yeah. team to the customers, Definitely. but it should be the whole business. And so this is a great way to bring that together. And as I said, also align what we're doing in community with other business processes so that we're not this weird outlier that's got like, oh, our own unique way of doing things. But we're saying, hey, how does the product team take in feedback from other sources? Great. Can we align the community feedback to that? How does the events team report on attribution for their events? Great. Can we report a community events the same way? Yeah. Um, and, and really sort of bring it into all of those threads. I like it. And I'll give you a couple of ways that I'm trying to, that I've been thinking about it and yeah. you've actually given me some ideas. And so there's a couple of ways. It's, one is uh, I have kind of this halftime person that, you know, he's, he's pretty junior, but uh, he does all, he's in marketing and he, and he reports to somebody else in, in the team, but he does a little bit of uh, stuff for me. It's very tactical, but you know, he's running, you know, some of the webinar programs. This guy is also learning how to do marketing type programs. He's running the drift campaigns and things like that, you know, and so he's getting a lot of, you know, experience in those things. So for him, you know, it's really good. I think, you know, for him as a growth opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, for me, it helps kind of do some of the things that I just don't have time for. And I, I know we're talking about something a little different, but 
it's funny. So just just even as a recent yesterday, I had a, a webinar and um, it's really cool because inside um, Realtio, we have alliance managers and things like that. So they work with our partners. And so this one alliance manager came to me about four weeks ago. He said, hey, Chris, uh, get this company that and I know them really well, uh, one of our partners that want to get more engaged and involved in community. I said, great, you know, let's get him on the phone. He got the CEO on the phone, you know, and uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, you know, I knew I, he's done some cool, stuff cool. for us in the past. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, let's, um, he goes, what can we do in community? What can we, you know, what are some things? And so I gave him like five or six things. You can help answer questions. As a matter of fact, one of your guys in India is really killing it with answering tons of questions on community. Here's his name, uh, you know, and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we love that guy. He's awesome. That kind of stuff. And then what else can we do? And so I was like, well, you know, uh, we could do webinars and things like that. And so, you know, what we did was eventually we got one of his thought leaders on the phone and we did a webinar for one of our, um, for, for the community. And so we, I think we had a hundred plus people show up to it. It's really cool. And so what we did was there was a joint kind of thing, right? So we sent out, I sent out uh, the information to the community and then we did a social post. They did a social post. They sent emails out, you know, and it was really fun to see. The key though there is, is the working with the alliance managers as kind of, you know, the people that are already there to start doing more of those. So how do I get more partners to do thought leadership type stuff or very technical type mm -hmm. webinars instead of our own people doing those all the time? And so, you know, I see that as an opportunity of really kind of, you know, sourcing that out to some of these alliance managers on uh, at Reltio, they work in the sales team, right? And so, you know, I think that, you know, how do you, you know, if you can't get the FTE, you know, even how do you work with others within the organization to help you? Because it, that guy came to me knowing that it would be super successful, you know, that because communities already embedded a lot into the organization. He knows he's been to some of the shows. So he knew that getting a partner on, you know, would be really cool. And it was. And so I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways to kind of do that. And and yeah. when people start coming to you to do things, not to say you can do it all because I can't, uh, but, you know, I've got this guy here in marketing helping me, helping me part-time. I've got this alliance manager helping me do some stuff. So the teams are coming together to really provide value to our customers and partners and that relationship between that partner that did the webinar for us, you know, um, you know, really strengthen that, you know, they were excited because there was 129 people on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of things to kind of work out in between that. But um, I think that, I think that's key is how do you embed, whether it's finding that FTE that can work within that team, like in mm -hmm. your case, the product team to understand what's going on. Because uh, you just can't know everything. Nicole, like, no, you can't. It's pieces it's... that, you know, but right. You know, well, and it's interesting. Last week, you and I were talking a lot about the user groups program that we've been launching. We were chatting about that a little bit this morning before we got on the, the recording too. And let's think about the user groups model, right? And the whole idea yeah. is that you are developing enablement materials and resources and you're training end users who are really excited to run groups on your behalf, right? Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how great it is that that can really scale your program. It's the same logic just with internal teams. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about starting to work with, yeah, right. And it's when you think about <laughs> internal teams, you know, one, I think that 
community managers, we've tended to be a little defensive and protective of our space. We don't want other people muddling. We we feel sometimes like, oh, well, they're not going to get it. And they're just going to come in and try to sell to people. But we trust our end users who are members of the community to facilitate events. So we should extend that trust to our, our coworkers and our colleagues too. And maybe you have to do a little bit more sort of talking about things. But the way I've always positioned is like, look, we know that our community members aren't going to show up to things just to get marketed to or just to get sold That's to. Right. And so we have to really be providing value for them. So even as I'm working with a marketing or sales team, I'm helping them understand there is a place for you here. I do want your help. Yeah. You just got to like tweak the way we interact a little bit. It might be a little different than your day-to-day. Some of the things that are really important to have as you start working cross-functionally and enabling people on other teams you know, you have to have a clear vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing the state of the community management report talked about is the importance of having definition around your community. And so I actually made a deck that's like about the community and it's like, here's what it is. Here's the programs it encompasses. Here's our mission. Here's our vision. And it's like, we got really specific with language around like, we are here to connect users to one another and to yeah. knowledge. We want to give them access to subject matter experts and mm-hmm. valuable information. And everything we do is driven by those tenants. And if we're doing something that's not connecting people to other people, that's not about having conversation and discussion, then it shouldn't be in the community space. It's not the right thing to be yeah. doing. And that was a big key for us, especially when we started working, like we work with our product marketing team and producing our community events. And we were like, we got to do these differently than other webinars. We can't just have us presenting information that satisfies the information part, but doesn't satisfy the conversation part. Yeah. And if it's a community event, we yeah. have to have a well-staffed chat. We have to have opportunities for people to come on camera and ask questions if they want to. We have to have a discussion with them. We're not going to pre-record it. We're going to do it live and make it really authentic. That's what I do. That's what And I that do. was such yeah. a key to it. And so I think that's Love the it. thing is it's so important to go work with those teams, but you got to like have your ducks in a row, right? Have that about the community deck, know your core value proposition and your pillars of your program, if you will, define the things that will help other teams understand how to engage with the community. We even went as far as putting together a style guide and we have our own branding kit so that mm-hmm. when people are oh. writing, if I go back and say, Hey, this is too markety. They go like, well, what does, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> and I say, well, we have a conversational style in the community. We try to avoid using jargon. We write full words out instead of using, you know, acronyms for things. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to be <laughs> aware that this is a global like audience. And so we're not using overly complex language, um, yeah. that kind of a thing, because a lot of people might be reading this with English as their second or third language. And that's fine, but we have to make sure it's approachable for everybody. Yeah. And we're talking about technical as like, difficult things. Let's make sure we're putting it in simple language for them. So all of that goes into how you bring other people into the community and how you can scale. And let's face it, most community teams, the big community teams are still, you know, five or six people and most teams are still one. And so you have to be partnering with other parts of your business if you're going to be successful in scaling your community. Completely agree. We should, you should do a, uh, you gave me a topic uh, opportunity. I, I think one Ooh. of the things that you should um, think about is presenting here on Peers Over Beers, um, kind of your your vision, mission, things like that. You know, you don't have to put the presentation on a uh, screen or anything. We don't do video anymore. So um, maybe that's a, a topic because I think, you know, people would 
would love that, I think, you know, to, to understand yeah. how you kind of position community internally. So anyways, yeah. um, well, that's really good. And and I think, you know, bef before you also mentioned that, you know, you and I have done, uh, I feel like a fairly good job of integrating kind of uh, um, some of our webinars or in your case, your user group uh, type activity directly into your um marketing kind of stuff to where now you can look at influence revenue and, and even more importantly you can say um and we mentioned this uh, at the very beginning before we even started was that you guys look at closed deals that you know user groups help with right i mean can you talk more about that or is that a little that's embedding directly into the marketing team right and so i think that's important right. yeah i can't speak exactly to the the metric honestly because a lot of that is some of it's proprietary and some of it's just uh, the team that does that knows a lot more about it than I do. But the key is we are just a high at, level is, is really yeah. what I was trying to get at. So, you know, the marketing team has developed a metric where they look at all the different touch points that a customer might have with the business. Right. And then these things are like looked at over time. Right. So if, if, yep. if say a customer mm -hmm. closes a $10,000 contract, yep. we're going to look back over the couple weeks preceding that maybe even a couple months, I'm not really sure what the date range is and understand, okay, did they have a call with their sales rep? Did they go to a mm -hmm. webinar? What emails did they open? Um, what are all of the different things that happened? And then each of those teams get attributed a percentage of that deal. Right. And yeah, so, that's right. and you can look at it, like you were saying from multiple levels, right? You can look at revenue that you've influenced. You can look at new pipeline that's been generated, and then you can look at what has actually closed. And so we look at those numbers from a couple different levels to understand how we're impacting the business. We didn't do that for a long time. Yep. We, or we were trying to come up with like our own community metrics for things. And eventually I just said, Hey, let's just figure out how other teams measure this. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, we're, we're different from what they do, but we're not so different that we can't measure it in the same it's way. It's still activity. It's still activity. And once that number started showing up on dashboards, right. Yeah. And like, here's the, the dashboard, like, here's what each of the marketing teams are doing and here's the community number. It really gave some context to how we fit into the picture, what we were doing. And it kind of normalized us in a way, right? It made us like just part of the business. And I think, you know, part of maybe what you're getting at is I was talking earlier about how a big goal for me is always to make sure that my program is paid for. Yeah. That we are generating enough attributed revenue that, you know, I like to show like, hey, by March, we covered all of our software costs. By July, we covered all of our, you know, the team costs and things like that. And now everything we do above that is earning money for the business. And, you know, those are just examples of months. I can't tell you exactly what it looked like this year, but um, it's important to be thinking about that. And yeah. often I think that community is one of those things that can be thought of as a cost center much. You know, mm -hmm. we tend to be th thought of as an extension of support, even when we sit in other teams. That's right. It can be thought of as a cost center because we oftentimes have struggles in measuring our financial impact. And if you can start to demonstrate that you are having that positive impact on revenue, on expansion, on customer retention, mm -hmm. you're going to be looked at in a different light. And that results in more resourcing, right? When I say, hey, you guys, do you like this number? Would you like to see it double next year? Great. Here's what I need <laughs> exactly. in order to get that. Yeah. They're not going to say no, right? Any, any executive is going to look at something. And if you're sitting there saying, I have a way that I know that I can help generate more revenue for the business, more customer satisfaction, more customer retention. 
I just need, you know, I need half of the product operations person's time, or I need a little bit more budget to do some paid social so I can really promote this program and scale it or whatever those things are. That's how you make the case to get the resourcing to grow your program. And I, and I bring that up because you've done a really good job of uh, working with the marketing team, which I know you're on, which that's where you really got to start showing value there because that's the team you're on. I'm not saying you don't yep. in other places. So you've done a really good job of showing value through deals closed, through you know paying for your, uh, you know I've influenced this much revenue. And as a matter of fact, we've actually brought in this much. So that's, in my opinion, where we need to start going to the product team, where we need to go to the customer team, yeah. you know, whether it's renewals, expansion, or when you think of product adoption, ideation, uh, uh, scores on, you know, how, how uh, customers are filling, you know what I mean? Like, and so how do we get to that level, which look, what you've accomplished already, you know, is really cool in the marketing team and what you're going to do with the product team sounds, you know, very similar to what you're trying to do there, but we have to go to each of those departments and do the same thing, right? Because every one of them yes. think differently, not everybody cares about revenue. I mean, they care about revenue, but they don't, that's not their metric and that's not what they care about the most, right? Right. Like the first question we're going to have as we engage on this product feedback project is, okay, mm-hmm. product teams. What are the KPIs you're measuring things on? How are you looking at this stuff and how can we bring the community data into that? Or what data do we need to be collecting so that we can bring community information into that in a more effective way? Um, That, and, you know, it helps all of us learn more about how the business operates too. And something I thought of earlier when you were talking about this, this marketing person that you're working with, right? And now he's building this new skill set by working with you. This offers career pathing in both directions. It yes. offers people in other teams an opportunity to move in the direction of community. It also offers community professionals an opportunity to grow and expand their skill sets into other directions. And I think that that's a really valuable thing as well, because most careers are pretty long. You're talking a couple mm-hmm. decades of working, and it's important to have <laughs> diverse skill sets and be able to do new and different things and learn about it. And you don't want to have just like, I am a community professional, and that is yeah. all I know how to do. Right. By working so cross-functionally, you're, you're creating not only value for the business, but value for yourself as well. And I think that's, yeah. you know, this kid a is a side like, note, but it's important. No, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> when you look at this kid, like he's out of college, like just a couple of years, he was an intern for us, you know, a year ago or a year and a half uh-huh. ago, you know, now he's doing all kinds of, they're very tactical things, but what he's doing is learning skills on what, you know, why is he doing, you know, like this chat thing, you know, for the main website. He's learning how, you know, leads come in and things like that. And then now he's doing community stuff. Hey, you know, here's some tactical things to do. And then I kind of explain to him, here's why we these tactical things are important. You are contributing to a big, bigger picture thing, but I need these things done so that I can get to this thing up here. Right. And so you know, I'm trying to try his boss is trying to teach him about things on the main website you know, swag stuff he owns, you know, he's learning how, you know, people are incentivized in different ways, you know, so there's, there's lots of opportunity for this kid to, to really just grow in his career and he gets to pick what he wants and then he'll be diverse within his, you know, uh, uh, learning, you know, on all things, community marketing, et cetera. You know? Well, and how amazing would it be if we can have that really throughout the business where you've got exactly. somebody on almost every team that understands the community side of things, that brings me over to like think about this whole trend of like community led businesses, right? And how do you become a community led business? It's not by having a small but mighty community team that's taking over the world. It's by getting every person in the company 
thinking about community and thinking, you know, understanding how it operates and having a stake in it and having a role in making it work well. Right. It's not just about, I think we've talked a lot about this idea of like, how do you report out? How do you tell your story? How do you communicate out? But we also have to go the other direction. How do you get people on other teams trained up and thinking about it and having a stake in it and, and seeing value out of it directly beyond a dashboard? And that's, you know, that's a big thing because think about it. These people outside of, let's say, community are thinking of about other things. So to really right. continue to get their time and, and to really kind of embed community mind, I mean, you have to show true value, right? So the, mm-hmm. I think the key is to evangelize uh, what you do on a consistent basis, right? And then at some point, they come to you like this alliance dude he came to me you know, a month ago and we work together, but I've got to continue that relationship down the road because I want him to continue to bring partners to me to, to do, help me do thought leadership and, and really partner with us, you know, to, to do things. So, you know, it's not an easy thing to just, you know, for us to say it is great, but you've really got to build those relationships internally with those people, even for you, like to have 50% of that, you know, person's time, well, they're embedded in that product team. And over time, you know, they they get they get sucked into doing their whatever their daily jobs are into that product that Unicol have to remind that leader and that person, hey, you know, uh, let's continue to do these things. We're doing a good job, and that job will morph. But you know, it's still going to be uh, uh, you know an opportunity for you to continue to bring that and lure that person in to do those things because they are still with that other team. Right. You know? And so you have to remember that you have to keep bringing it up. You have to keep, you know, uh, teaching and preaching and whatever you want to call it, you know? So not, but I think it's awesome what you're doing. Well, thank you. Well, we've covered a lot of different territory today in terms of like (laughs) thinking about aligning to reporting metrics, Uh thinking about how you get, you know, make your team a center of excellence and do a more distributed model of bringing other people into the community space. Um, it all comes back to the business at the end of the day though, right? It all comes back to yes. you. How do you balance what your community needs and what your business needs and like find that intersection of the Venn diagram and boom, there's your, your community stuff. And that, that looks like numbers. That looks like training. That looks like programming. That looks like content. All of those things have to align on both sides. And, uh, we're just here trying to help everybody in the community community industry figure out how to actually action that and do it right. <laughs> that that was a great summary, and I love that. And it's a great Ta-da. peers over beers. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in to another peers over beers. I'm Chris Detzel, and I'm Nicole Saunders. Thanks, Nicole. Have a great day.